This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. A little bit. Small brought up, but you know these wedge issues, these the, the, these red hot social issues. Um, let's just talk about how political pundits uh, like me and others have gotten things wrong for 20, 25 years. Because what you hear time and again is, oh, the Democratic Party too far left on social issues. Take abortion. Take guns. Take all. It scares people in Middle America. It scares. Well, now we have we have proof. We got proof. The the dog caught the car. And it was an ugly sight, right? 50 years fighting to take away the right uh, to choose for women. They got their wish and it just completely politically blew up in their faces. You look at guns. We all hear guns. You can't talk about guns because you're going to lose voters in this state and that state. Man, the polls overwhelmingly show uh, support for universal background checks and and other things. I I just uh, I think we all get it. Uh, Not all of us, but I think a lot of us got it wrong through the southern border. They talk about the southern border every two years. They lose elections every two years. American voters obviously aren't as scared of these things as Republicans think they are. Well, uh, Jeff, you remember 1994, uh, Senator Biden, President Clinton passed the assault weapons ban and we won an election in 1996. All right. The country, you couldn't have assault weapons in this country for 10 years. People wanted to went to gun clubs on this, this trans stuff. Uh, the governor of Utah is my hero. They passed a law to Utah legislature about uh, trans people participate in high school sports. He says, look, there's 60,000 kids in Utah that play high school sports. Four of them are trans. Let, let the athletic association figure it out. That's not a problem for the legislature. And they, they just keep bringing uh, th- this cultural stuff up. And when you stop to think about it, it already makes no sense. And the one thing they can do that they promised to do, and, and you would be into this on your record in Congress, they promised to produce a budget. Well, let's right. see it. Let's look at your budget. If, if, how, if, if, hey, you James, how do you negotiate with somebody? How do you negotiate with somebody that doesn't give you a number? How do you negotiate with somebody that doesn't show you a budget? They say, "Oh, we want we want to cut stuff, but we're not going to tell you what we want to cut." Right, and, and the, the president said, I, "I will negotiate the budget, uh, not not the debt extension." And they have not, and I promise you, they will not produce a budget. They said they would, but. What does that do? What difference does that make? Let's see your budget and then we see what you got and you show me yours and I'll show you mine. I mean, it, that's just yeah. the way of the world. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, again, you talk about budgets. That's something that matters. That's where parties show their priorities. They're not going to do it. And by the way, I'm so glad James brought up the Utah issue on on trans athletes. 
because it was such a huge deal out there. There was a big explosion of it. And this Republican bottom line is that the FBI had the Biden crime family laptop for a year. They knew it was leaking. They knew it would hurt the Biden campaign. So the FBI used its relationship with Twitter to suppress criminal evidence being revealed about Joe Biden one month before the 2020 elections. You, ladies and gentlemen, interfered with the United States of America 2020 presidential election, knowingly and willingly. That's the bad news. It's going to get worse because this is the investigation part. Later comes the arrest part. Your attorneys are familiar with that. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to spend five hours with these ladies and gentlemen during depositions surely yet to come. But for right now, I'll yield the balance of my time to my colleague, Mr. George. Okay, Sheriff uh, Higgins there, Congressman Higgins from Louisiana, uh, laying down the law. Wanted to start with that Thursday, 9 February, year of early 2023. Um, a very big give right there on Morning Joe, and this ties back to Russ vote. Also ties back a little bit to my comments with Lou Dobbs yesterday about Sir Huckabee. This is the 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 thing itself is not um and don't get me wrong, the woke part of this is quite important and the cultural part are quite important. But to get to the core of it, you have to get to the money and you have to get to the power. Okay, you have to get to the money and you have to get to the power. Remember, we had Russ vote on here yesterday and Russ was very upfront that, hey, we have the appropriations process, regular order. That's where these cuts are going to come. Dramatic cuts in year one. That's all working through the system. Once you get that emotion and pass that, that is that is a um, that is the uh, then you do the debt ceiling. And remember, Biden's been. I'm not even going to, there's no negotiation. It's a clear, it's a clean lift on the debt ceiling with no negotiations. Right there, Morning Joe and Carvel seed us to ground on, on the, and they talk about the budget. The budget's irrelevant. The budget doesn't mean anything. The budget process is irrelevant. It's the appropriations that comes off of that. Um, and we keep talking about model. They have to show us their financial model. My point, we are winning this hour by hour and day by day to get to the objective. And the objective is to get absolute total control of this administrative state by choking off the money that allows the woke and weaponized uh, federal leviathan. It's not a bureaucracy. That's old school. I call it the swamp, the leviathan, to, str to basically strangle out the life of the American people. Very honored. We got a lot to get to today and a lot of folks coming in. It's going to be intense. But remember, this appropriation right there, they're yammering on, yammering on, yammering on. They even understand now. They're saying, hey, it's got to be a negotiation. You show, you got to show. We're, hey, we all remember inch by inch, shift the Overton window, make them come to our side. Russ votes the architect of this. And there's a program. There's a ten, seven year and there's a 10 year. We had uh, Ralph Norman on. He's a seven year guy, seven year to balance budget. And there's the 10 year. And there's no touching Social Security and Medicare. This is what I wanted on the rebuttal. You only got a certain amount of time when you got the nation's attention. I wanted the rebuttal to get into the hard part of the economy and the hard part of the money. Steve Cortez is going to be on in a moment. We're going through some polling. 
American people get it. They're, they're totally depressed because they're getting crushed, as we show you every day. It's a depression for working class people in this country. And all the happy talk he puts out there is not going to change that. Although he lifts, the other way you know he's, we're winning is that they took the whole America first MAGA economic policy. He did three and a half minute rift that's literally lifted from the pages of Trump. Now, he represents the corporate part of the Democratic Party. He's the senator from Delaware. For Remember, Delaware is a mail drop in an easy federal court for the corporations. That's where the, the headquarters of so many of these corporations. That's Joe Biden's represented that for 40-some years. So he's not a, you know, Joe from Scranton has never pushed manufacturing jobs. He's kowtows to the CCP. Also, CNN broke big news. We saw it yesterday that... Uh, Heinz of Connecticut came on the Wolf Blitz or so and, and, and kind of said, oh, yeah, you know, I had a gang of eight. And he says, hey, has the gang of eight been briefed on the on the balloon as we've been harping on? He goes, we're not really. He says, I was there with the chairman. He's the minority on the on the um, on the House intelligence. He says, but we got kind of an informal briefing. CNN put it up. There's all kind of questions. I keep telling you, drive into the ground the 28th of January. Now they're saying as it came across the Aleutian Islands, they picked it up. Where'd you hear this first? Right here, earlier than the 28th. And guess what? Supposedly, nobody told the White House, which is a lie, and we'll find that's a lie, as it traipsed over Alaska and took a hard right because it has a rudder and it can steer itself. It just doesn't drift with the wind. It, it you know, started coming down. That's when they notified the White House. That is a lie. And we got to get to the bottom. They still have not had a full and official briefing of the Gang of Eight, which the people on the Hill from the church committee in the 70s that had these high security clearances, all the leadership in the in the intelligence community, the House and in, in Senate intelligence community, select com- committees on intel that have those clearances have not been briefed yet. Why? They can't get their story straight. They can't get their story straight. But here's the good news. It's a good day in the neighborhood, baby. I'm going to bring in Natalie Winters. The New York Times this morning, the New York Times <laughs> The paper of record of our beloved republic has deemed your show, War Room, number one in the nation as far as correct information about what reality is. Number one. Number one. And by the way, Brookings Institute, the CCP, the CCP owned and operated. Uh, Brookings Institute did a study, right, did a study, and they've, they've deemed uh, – by the way, we put the headline up. I'm going to bring in Natalie. They said 20% of our podcast, or, or, or 20% have misinformation, according to them, misinformation <laughs> about the vax, about Ukraine, about, uh, you know, all, all. And I immediately jumped on Natalie. I said, Natalie, you were hired to take care of this problem. It's supposed to be 100%. <laughs> How are we slackers at 20? Hold it. 20, but we're number one. And hang on. We got number two is Charlie Kirk. Number three is Rush Limbaugh, and now the new team that, re- that replaced Rush when, when he passed away, which is uh, Clay Travis and, and the great Buck Sexton. They're number three. And then it kind of goes down from there. It's got Daniel Horwitz on there. It's got Levin. It's got Hannity. It's got, you know, as it, it traipses down there, the top ten, I think. Um, and like I said about, uh, about Charlie Kirk and Basobic at the Charlie Kirk show, and, of course, Buck and Clay that are the replacements for, for picked up 
Russia's mantle to do his noon to three show. Don't send boys to do a man's job. Okay, War Room will always be number one as far as accurate information about reality. Okay, <laughs> not the New York Times and the Brookings Institute of Reality. Uh, not, here's what they were most upset about, and I want everybody to read this article. We're going to put it up, and not, not just that. Please share it everywhere. We're very proud of this. The, the, they have the woman, uh, Natalie, that does the, and I'll let you jump in here. They have the woman that does this, and she and she has a quote. She's clutching her pearls, and she says, and I quote, Mr. Bannon leaves listeners with the clear impression that officials and institutions are, quote, totally lying to you, unquote. <laughs> That's the tagline for this show. Whether it's the defense, I don't know. It, this is so absurd. We so love it so much. Natalie, talk to us about your thoughts as an executive editor, ma'am. You got a couple of good quotes in there. Sure. Well, it was so funny when I was speaking to the, the author who wrote that piece, journalist Stuart Thompson from the New York Times. He said to me on the phone, he said, well, it seems like the impression that you leave all your viewers with is that the institutions, the powers that be, are lying to them. And I think he thought he sort of had a gotcha moment. Um, but I started laughing because I was like, have you ever watched War Room before? We're pretty forthright that that is our worldview defined for us by you. Um, you know, I know Media Matters is on our uh, on our payroll. They do PR for us. Uh, but I think we should add the New York Times to that list. Stuart Thompson is Madeline Peltz's newest colleague. Um, but what, what really I think is so amazing about this piece um, is it shows you not only how scared they are of us, right, because the specific issues that they focus yep. on are election fraud, COVID-19 origins, COVID-19 treatments, which also just, I'm sure, pure coincidence happen to be the main issues that all the federal government agencies have been colluding to censor about. Um, but I think it really shows you that we have been right, right? A lot of our predictions um, and I think analysis uh, into these these topics, these themes, uh, while they maybe started out as being dismissed as conspiracy theories, you know, six, 12 months later, um, outlets like the New York Times are ultimately forced to accept them um, as the truth. And I think what's so interesting, too, about all of this, the fact that it's, of course, coming from the Brookings Institution, um, I sort of tried to explain, you know, get into detail with, with Stuart on the phone and explain that maybe you want to call it, you know, the institutions are lying to us. I think at War Room, it's more that the powers that be are not disclosing their conflicts of interest, right? Whether it be with Big Pharma, whether it be with the Chinese Communist Party. Um, and frankly, the Brookings Institution is a perfect example of that. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was just, just June of last year that their president had to resign because he didn't disclose that he was lobbying on behalf of Qatar while taking money from the Chinese yeah. Communist hey. Party. <laughs> Hang on so. one second. We're going to get that. We got Steve Cortez. <laughs> we have Congressman Klein from the Judiciary Committee. Uh, Big breaking news. Berenson's got a report up on Fauci and COVID and the vaccine. All of it. Dr. Malone's going to hear break it all down with more misinformation. Number one at the New York Times. Back in a moment. Despite the U.S. blowing through $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand, when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's time to pull yours out. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000. And it's only going to get worse. 
Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king because it's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of our precious metals specialists. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Bannon to 989898. That's Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today to get your free info kit. Take action. Use your agency. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we're the Brookings Institute and New York Times certified number one show in the nation for accurate information about the apparatus and about the reality of the world that you live in. Okay, and just check it out. Come, test, get your friends now. Now you got something to push. Um, by the way, you can see us come live. You get $47 off tickets, I think, 248 to get the general mission, which gets you in all the big rooms, all the side rooms, everything you need to do at CPAC. All the, all the things where people display, plus be part of the live audience. We'll be there for four days broadcasting. We want you part of it. Check with your friends that saw us at Turning Point or at CPAC Dallas, and they, they'll tell you it was a great time. We want everybody there. We want to have a huge audience for participation in helping us spread misinformation. Natalie, who's the, who's the top five? Who are our top five? We got Charlie Kirk, two. We got Rush Limbaugh, three. And, of course, his, his, uh, the folks that picked up the show from him, uh, Clay and Buck. Who's, who's four and five? Michael Savage show is number four. And then Brett Weinstein's dark horse podcast is number five. So shout out to Rav for having two shows in the top five. I was going to say, Hey, <laughs> Rat, Rilla, Rob Sig, baby from 10, from 10 to two, you, you get four hours. That. Then they throw in Pasobic. They throw, give, they give you a, a kicker of a war room in the afternoon. They give it for, for a, for a, for a, you know, a dessert. Right, they give you Pasobic at ten o'clock. Just, just a font of misinformation. Um, we're very proud of this, and particularly, I've been my phone's been blown up because people say, "How can you say? How can she say impression?" It's like, you know, it's 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 it's, it's branded in people's minds. No, we do not trust institutions. We don't trust uh, the institutions, and we don't trust the media. And by the way, the Gallup is Cortez going to be here in a moment talking about Gallup polling. They show the media's at nine percent, right? Uh, you know, the the the, the churches are at like twelve percent. Uh, the only thing it makes is the military, and that's starting to drop because how woke it's getting. So the institutions have to be purged, cleansed, and rebuilt, okay, off this wokeism and this anti-Americanism, what they're trying to do to the American people. We are proud, proud to be at the tip of the spear of that, and this is what gets us up every day and gets us to, to work to get put four hours of this show up every day. And, Natalie, what you do on the website and everything is just fantastic. Um, Natalie, a great work here, uh, and I want to make sure this thing gets pushed. Now, today at 12... The weaponization of government to talk about trust of institution, <laughs> trust in institutions. <laughs> They're going to put the FBI and DOJ. Hey, just saying, right? Not and this is remember we've been hammering on the Church Commission for years, ever since I was in the White House. It's so out of control, and it's finally come to pass after all of our hammering that you had of a church-like commission. Today, it starts off the weaponization of government. Uh, Jim Jordan chairing. 
We're going to have a client from um, Judiciary with Jim Jordan. But what's your what's your summary? What's your basic takeaway from what you saw yesterday in the first round of the collusion of the FBI with uh, with uh, big big tech, ma'am? I think our congressmen were really prepared. I mean, look no further than that wonderful chart that Anna Paulina Luna had up. Um, detailing all the key players in these secret messaging platforms that Twitter employees were using to communicate um, with federal agents. And I think the bigger part, right, is the collusion, the convergence, uh, really the assimilation between the intelligence community and these social media platforms. And I think this weaponization hearing is sort of the broader extension of that, right? These intel agencies, these, the intel community is not just passively using these social media platforms uh, to push certain agendas. They're actively using them to really, I think, police speech, but more importantly, police thought, um, and really, I think, carry out de facto and de jour political persecution. So that's what we should really be paying attention to today. Specifically, again, the hearing starts at 12, um, right after War Room. I'm sure that was intentional on the timing. Uh, so you can go right to the hearing after War Room finishes. Um, but the second panel of, of witnesses is former FBI agents talking specifically about their experiences within the Bureau and how it has been politicized. So I think that's something that people should really pay attention to. Okay, we're going to live stream that too. So we'll have it up in live stream and get to a chat. We had 27,000 people in the State of the Union. We went up to over 37,000, went up to over 40 after the replace. want to make sure everybody gets in there, get your two cents in there. I'll be on there today, and uh, and I think uh, Grace and uh, Natalie will be covering it, but I think Grace and Mo will be running it. Um, Natalie, thank you so much. How do people get to you and follow you, ma'am? Well, thank you for always giving me the chance to spread misinformation, and if you would like to stay up to date on my misinformation, you can go to Natalie G. Winters on all platforms. See, I told your parents when you came here from Chicago, I said, she's a rock star, and she's only going to go next <laughs> level at the floor. You've already done it. Number one in the nation. Thank you very much, ma'am. Appreciate it. Steve Cortez. Uh, Steve, uh, some of the misinformation you've been spreading is that Biden tells me the economy's great. People are loving it. It's the best time to be a working class American. And they're totally focused on middle class America and all of his policies are focused on it. Does the polling does the polling uh, bear that out, sir? Uh, no, qu quite not, Steve. The statistics on the ground, the kitchen table reality as experienced economically by the American people, plus their own personal sentiment, their own personal assessment of their financial situation, uh, point to a very dire economic crisis in this country right now. Now, you might not know that if you only pay attention to corporate media. So to connect these two conversations, you know, look at the New York Times, for example. Uh, the New York Times, the supposed paper of record, totally disconnected and aloof from the lived reality of Americans who are struggling just to pay their most basic bills. And I think that's true of almost every media maven who only operates in the Acela corridor between Washington, D.C. and New York. They think things are fine. The American people think otherwise. So let's listen. Let's get to the data, because unlike The New York Times, Steve, we believe in evidence and data, not just sloganeering. So if we can go to chart number one, this was a tweet that was actually posted by Katie Britt, who I'm very excited about. I think she's going to be one of the best young, fresh senators in the United States Senate, a total patriotic populist. She's paying a lot of attention to the economy right out of the gate as a new senator. And she posted this tweet uh, with all of the links. I have it up on my social media as well, because again, we cite things, we give you the evidence, we give you the ta tables and the data. But this is pretty stunning, Steve. Last year in 2022, 
over 9 million Americans who previously had savings, who previously had some financial cushion, descended into a place of economic deprivation where they are now living paycheck to paycheck. 9.3 million new Americans who are now suddenly living on a knife's edge paycheck to paycheck, in large part because real average uh, weekly workings, uh, earnings, which I've been talking about, of course, for months on this show, have been absolutely crashing. That is the reality right now for Americans in this country. They are getting poorer every single day. And Steve, almost as bad in that, in that study that, that is linked to uh, by that tweet, almost as bad, Steve, half of people who are making six figures are living paycheck to paycheck in America right now. That's what Joe Biden's inflation has done to the prosperity of regular Americans, half of people who are making six figures, which in a lot of metro areas of the United States now in more expensive locations um, with this inflation thrown in is not a very good wage anymore, believe it or not. And it's hard to get by for folks who live in places like Los Angeles and New York, even if they're making six figures. So what does this result in? Let's go to the Gallup poll, the Axios Gallup poll, if we can please show that tar chart. This results in the majority of the American people, over 50%, now saying that they would know that's that's chart two. If we can, we'll go to that in a moment. If, if you can, let's pull up the Axios poll um, and, and show that, uh, which is not labeled with a number. Uh, the, the unfortunate reality is the majority of Americans right now say they are worse off than they were one year ago. Steve, this is very much related to last week. I did a chalk talk with an ABC News poll, which asked them, are you worse off than two years ago? That number was already very troubling at 41% on that ABC poll. We now get even worse news from the Gallup poll, but the key difference there is it was two years versus one year, which shows you that in the last year, things have intensified in terms of the deepening financial crisis. Um, and now let's please, if we can, let's go to chart two and show that savings rate. So what does this result in? It results in a collapse in the savings rate of the United States. That is the savings rate going back 10 years. You can see that previous to COVID, the savings rate in the United States was pretty steady and in almost all economic environments maintained above 5%. If you go back further in history, it was more like 10% was the norm, ratcheted lower to about 5%, but still stayed healthily above that level in a very consistent way. Now, the savings rate rocketed higher in a very unnatural way during the lockdowns because it was simply hard for people to spend money. That wasn't necessarily a good thing. Uh, but the point is, since then, what has happened? The savings rate has collapsed to well below the pre-lockdown levels, hitting 2.4% recently, which is the second lowest savings rate ever in American history. So real wages are crashing, savings crashing, credit card debt going up, and despondency spreading economically. And again, not Steve Cortez's opinion, not Steve Bannon's, the reality as lived by the American people, by the data, by the numbers, by the polling. This is perfect. Can we put the Axios up so I can just see that chart uh, for a second? And we'll go to break with that chart up with Steve and I. Uh, this is why they're trying to shut this show down. They don't want anybody to explain the reality of the, of the lived experience of the American economy and explain to people why it's happening to you and why you continue to work hard. This is not about your efforts and in, in how hard you work. You're now in a system controlled by these oligarchs in the administrative state that you're just like a hamster on the wheel. And in fact, right. the harder you the harder you move the wheel, kind of the farther behind you're getting. Okay? This, this is right. and this is causing the angst. Look if we can get do we have the axios chart? Yeah. Can we get that up? Can I put that up again? Um, you see you see the drop. Yeah, just leave it. Just leave it. I don't need to see Cortez, his beautiful visage. <laughs> um, on the axios on the axios chart, 
I'm going to eventually get there. We go on the Axios chart. That huge dive is people feeling better, right? That's right. that's in the Trump years, and 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 it really peaks at the bottom because that's the lowest of the of the angst in what Steve Cortez's theory of the case is the golden year of 2019. And then right. you have the pandemic and everything's starting to come back. And now you've got – you see, Joe Biden, this is what we have to hammer every day as MAGA, as populist, as nationalist. The, um, the controlled opposition Republican Party is not going to do this. You have to hammer this every day because people's lived experience is what's going to move these people more to our side, the folks in the middle or even these moderate Democrats or working class Democrats. Short commercial break. Steve, hang around. We've got more to get into. Okay? And to talk about weaponization of government, now we got the FBI in my beloved hometown of Richmond, Virginia, looking at Latin mass. Who'd have thunk it? Ben Klein from Virginia next. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Last night, President Biden gave his interpretation of the state of our union. But after hearing his version, one thing's clear. Our president lives in an alternative reality we all know the problems, crippling inflation and soaring interest rates, making it harder to save money and do business, an open border with nearly 5 million illegal crossings since this administration took office, a drug and crime crisis harming our communities, and a more dangerous world with feckless leadership out of the White House from a botched Afghanistan withdrawal to an emboldened CCP. The fact is, Americans know the real state of our union every time they buy groceries, put gas in their tanks can't find baby formula or medications or lose a loved one to the fentanyl pouring over our border. That's why Americans elected House Republicans last November to bring change back to Washington. We've already gotten to work by passing legislation to defund 87,000 IRS agents, establish a select committee to compete with China, halt the COVID vaccine mandate for service members and end the national emergency, fully reopening the capital to the American people. But we're just getting started. And to use the words of President Biden, House Republicans plan to finish the job the right way for the American people. Uh, Congressman Klein now joins us, and that's probably the best, uh, what, one-minute summary of uh, think where we stand in the alternate reality. Congressman, first question, you know, Joe Biden's out uh, in Wisconsin yesterday and he continues this lie about Social Security. You got MSNBC and CNN, are pow, you know, plowing into that. 
How do we get the word out that that's a bald-faced lie? There was never any talk. Kevin McCarthy specifically told him to his face at the White House in the one-hour meeting, they're supposed to go so great, according to him, about the debt ceiling, that Social Security and Medicare are off the table. And yet you have this alternative reality during the speech itself, which was a lie after lie after lie, and then they continue on. What, what would be your recommendation of how we counter that, sir? Well, we have to put out a balanced budget that preserves and protects Social Security and Medicare and does not go after those essential programs. So we're going to be targeting the administrative state. We're going to be putting forward a balanced budget from the Republican Study Committee, the largest caucus within the Republican conference. I'm chair of the budget task force, and we put forward a budget that balances in seven years last year, and we're going to keep it under 10 this year in spite of all of the reckless spending that's coming from Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. I know you're very close to your constituents out there in one of the most beautiful parts of the country out there in in, in Virginia. Um, Talk to us. What are your constituents telling you after they heard the State of the Union and and have heard your rebuttal? Where, Where are their heads right now? Well, they're furious, and so am I, because over the past two years, they've spent a trillion-dollar deficits, uh, bumped the debt up to $31 trillion. It's crowding out uh, other important programs. The interest on the debt is uh, really, really starting to impact our ability to budget for this country. And they go to the grocery store, they see eggs at record high prices, uh, they see empty shelves, they go to the gas pump, they see prices higher than they were when Biden took office. Uh, They go to their jobs and they see that real wages aren't keeping up with inflation. So we've got real challenges facing this country. And then they go listen to Joe Biden. He blames everybody else for the problems that his administration created. And then he baits us into responding by saying, oh, you all want to cut Social Security and Medicare. Well, of course, we're going to object in the middle of his speech. He and all of the uh, talking heads on the media say, oh, you're so rude. You're so rude. Well, you know what? When somebody lies to your face, you're going to tell them they're lying to their face. And that's what we did during the State of the Union. I want to bifurcate. You've got, you know, we've got these investigations. You're on judiciary. and we'll get to that in a second about your thoughts of the kickoff we had yesterday um, in at oversight, and then today we're going to be live streaming. I want all the audience to know the weaponization, the, the opening round of the weaponization hearings. But on the legislative side, when, when you look at the problems facing us in your office, it, it, when you come in policy, what are the one or two things that you think is the top priority for you that you will you believe will deliver for your constituents back in your congressional district? Uh, Energy independence, start and finish. You know, it flows all the way down from farmers dealing with uh, costs of input costs, fertilizer costs. We've got a big ag district to manufacturing in the district that has to have fuel to engage in manufacturing to the families uh, at the grocery store and at the gas pump. So energy independence uh, is where we need to focus like a laser beam. Got Cortez, that he's picked up your thing. It's got to be full-spectrum energy dominance again. That's a start. You're 1,000% correct there. Talk to us about judiciary because yesterday we had the oversight explosive, right, about the FBI's involvement with, with social media. Twitter today is going to be explosive. I think we got Tulsi Gabbard. We have Senator Johnson and Senator Grassley kicking off with their experiences, and then you're going to have some whistleblowers. Talk to me about uh, – you're on judiciary. Give me your thoughts about the direction of judiciary under Jim Jordan. Under Jim Jordan's leadership, uh, we are going to be methodical in uh, laying out the evidence for the American people. 
he's been hearing from whistleblowers over the past year uh, talking about uh, the abuse within the agencies. And so the special subcommittee that we set up on the weaponization of our intelligence agencies is going to be laying out that evidence. Now, when the Department of Justice or when our intelligence agencies don't respond, that's when they bring me in. I'm the chair of the this little rump subcommittee called uh, Responsiveness and Accountability to Oversight. And so uh, they want me to haul these people up to the Hill, read them the riot act and try and convince them that cooperating with the Judiciary Committee is better than the alternative, which is being held in contempt. That's brilliant. Walk us through again what, the responsibilities for this uh, for this subcommittee. What, what is specifically your, your task and purpose in this? So we need as many tools as possible to ensure compliance by these intelligence agencies, by the DOJ, with the demands for information and testimony from the Committee on the Judiciary. So Jim Jordan wants to uh, bring these people in, but when they don't comply, when they stonewall, as we've seen them do, uh, you can't waste full committee time and resources in hauling them up and just sitting there hour after hour after hour. Why won't you give us this document? Why won't you give us this information? So he needs a bulldog at the subcommittee level to uh, make their lives hell, quite frankly. And so he's tasked me with that responsibility. The Democrats see what we're doing. They've put Eric Swalwell on as my ranking Democrat. So they have put uh, one of their uh, bulldogs, as it were, uh, on the subcommittee and uh, tasked him with pushing back and defending the Biden administration. There are going to be fireworks uh, because I've served with Eric Swalwell on judiciary and we're not going to put any put up with any of his uh, pushback or stonewalling or uh, alternative reality that the Biden administration is putting forward. This is brilliant. We need uh, we need bulldogs. How do people our audience follow you on social media and at your congressional office, how they find out more about you, your thoughts about this, and particularly this great work you're going to do in this subcommittee. Well, my website is klein.house.gov. That's C-L-I-N-E. And judiciary.house.gov is the committee website. So go to our websites. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Judiciary Committee is famous on Twitter. They do a great job. And uh, keep following us. And that's how we're going to win this. We're going to make sure that the public is paying attention. And that's how we're going to hold our intelligence agencies accountable. Make sure we uh, take out all of this weaponization from the DOJ and from our intelligence agencies and restore it to the American people. And and, and this is I just want to have your thoughts at the end. Um, you know, the left is like this is some sort of star chamber. It's anything but a star chamber. In fact, you've set it up that you've got, you know, a ranking member. It's not like the J6 thing, not, not like a Moscow show trial. You've got ranking members. You've got minority counsel. You're playing within the rules. You're not going to uh, you're not going to let them get away with any nonsense. But this is going to be set up traditionally like it's been set up before. And it's your obligation and duty to pursue this. Is that is that correct, Congressman? That's right. It's been set up under the Judiciary Committee umbrella because we already have an administration, administrative structure set up in the committee to make it happen quickly. But we've pulled stars from across the House Republican Conference to participate in this select sub. Uh, you know, we've got Kelly Armstrong, who's coming over from Commerce Committee, and uh, we've got Matt Gates, who is on the Judiciary Committee. You know, these people are going to be uh, locked in on these DOJ officials, making sure that they comply. And when they don't, 
uh, I'll be waiting. Just, uh, I know you get a bounce, but you're from Virginia. You know, we're going to have uh, later, we're going to discuss, and then this afternoon we're going to have the FBI whistleblower. But the, the, even the field office, the FBI is doing reports on the traditional Latin mass group down in, from the Richmond field office. I mean, Congressman, this is how out of control it's gotten. It's just out of control. So we thank you for being here. Uh, we look forward to following this closely. So thank you, sir. Great. Thanks a lot. Congressman Ben Klein from Virginia. Let's go. Do we got Anna Polina Luna? Can we play? Can we got a quick cold open for her? Can we play that? Are we ready to go? Let's play the cold open. Let's hit it and bring her in. Mr. Roth, um, have you communicated with government officials ever on a platform called JIRA? Yes or no? Real quick answer. We are, we're on the clock. Not yes to no? the best of my recollection. Not no. to your recollection? Great. Have, if you did in the event communicate, who would have had access to this platform? That's the nature of my confusion. Okay. Jira is Did you ever speak to government officials on Jira regarding taking down social media posts? Again, not to the best of my recollection. Can you explain to me why the federal okay, government me, would let, ever have let, interest? Let, let, Anna Polina Luna, you knew her as a candidate. Now you saw yesterday. Ma'am, that was a star turn. Tell us, we can play it all five minutes. Uh, tell Thank us you. the I first day that. on the. Tell us. It was spectacular. Tell us about it. So, you know, we've been waiting to bring in some of these executives. Um, Elon actually came in, and I believe that he actually had removed the attorney-client privilege so that they could testify. But as you're seeing, a lot of what the Democrat angle from yesterday was, was they were trying to say that this was some made-up conspiracy theory, that Twitter wasn't actually working to suppress conservatives. And then they ultimately were trying to make it about January 6th. And so I think the whole point and objective of oversight and what really Republicans were trying to put forth is, look, we have the evidence. They were suppressing, but the smoking gun was the fact that this entity, Twitter Corporation, and I'll say it here first, we have evidence that other social media companies were involved as well in this chat thread. If you guys can get the graphic that I posted from my at rep APL account, it actually shows that under DHS, there's an organization called CISA. Um, they're the Cybersecurity in, um, Infrastructure Security Agency, and they really were the ones that set up the misinformation, disinformation boards. They were actually working to communicate with these social media platforms on a private cloud server called Jira, as well as the Center for um, in Center for Inter Internet Security, different um, supervisor boards around the state for secretaries of state, and then all of these very left-leaning fact-checking um, fact organizations and private partnerships. So this is what we know as a joint state actor, and the fact is, is that they did not expect us to have the screenshot of their conversation, but to be clear, that screenshot represents one of thousands, and it was actually leaked, I think on accident, by Alex Samus on a uh, YouTube video from Stanford University. And so that was the smoking gun. I think that there needs to be a lot more investigations into this. And as we're seeing, there was absolute collusion with these companies and the federal government to suppress the First Amendment. Let me ask you quick. I know you're busy. Can you stay through a quick break? If you can, uh, we'll keep you through. If not, because yeah. you're breaking this right here. That, OK, fine. Do you believe we got 45 seconds where we go to break? Do you believe that witnesses in front of you yesterday then perjured themselves? Yeah, I, I believe that they're lying to me under oath, and that's exactly why I brought out the actual screenshot of the conversation. And you saw that he didn't actually want to answer that question, and then at a certain point, he basically refused. What's interesting is, is I wasn't threatening anyone, and the Democrats immediately tried to say that I was threatening the witness, which is absurd. Totally absurd. I tell you what, we're gonna we have Congressman Anna Polina Luna. 
Uh, she was yesterday did a star turn in the uh, in the oversight committee's opening salvo about collusion between the FBI, DOJ, and social media. A pretty explosive uh, testimony. We're going to take a short break. We've got Dr. Robert Malone, Steve Cortez, Anna Polina Luna. All we're going to get to it all. Short break. Back in a moment. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers services with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile. America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon. That is PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon, or call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon, or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now Okay, cpac.org slash war room. Go there now. You get $47 off a ticket. You'll be part of the live audience. We're going to be broadcasting for four days, and plus you get to see President Trump's speech on Saturday afternoon. cpac.org slash war room. We'll talk more about it in the next hour. Congressman Anna Polina Luna, really a star turn yesterday. Walk us through, because this is pretty explosive, so I'm going to just hit rewind. Walk the audience through everything you just told us, and I think you've got some additional information, Congressman. So we also found out from a final report by the Election Integrity Partnership that the DNC was potentially involved in this. And so clearly this is going to be something that as oversight, we have to do a lot more investigating and looking into. But what this establishes right now is that this is a joint state action with the federal government and these private companies to work to suppress the American people. And mind you, they were doing this in secret. They knew that they weren't supposed to be doing it. I mean, how many people last or yesterday did you hear say, oh, we can't address that attorney-client privilege? Whatever it was, the excuses that they used, they knew darn well what they were doing was illegal. And I think the fact that the DNC went to really um, bat for them and protect them just goes to show how deep this really went. But from a legal perspective, what this allows people to do is I think it opens up these people for lawsuits. And so... 
this is now me taking off my official capacity and saying, I, I think that they have some serious legal troubles. And now I'm going back to my official capacity because I don't want to be accused of threatening anyone. Just uh, the tone of it from yesterday, like Baker, d- did it seem like the the testimony was forthwith? Did it seem like the questions that you asked and others, you got straight answers? Do you think some people perjure themselves or you think they just continue to try to obfuscate and they have to come back? You have to do depositions. You know, we heard uh, Clay Higgins, that powerful, uh, uh, you know, turn by Clay Higgins about they broke the law. What, what are your thoughts on all that? I believe that they I believe that they were lying to me. Yol Roth was definitely lying to me and he tried to hide the facts. He didn't anticipate that we would have him literally in a screenshot with um, CISA and Twitter as an executive and other agencies. And so the fact is, is that if they can lie to a member of Congress, we have to make sure that we're holding them accountable. They didn't expect us to have that angle. I can tell you that much. And when we brought it up, if you look at the video footage of their faces, you can see that they started sweating. I mean, every single one of them probably jumped on their phone and started texting their attorneys at that point. And, the, and they were all under oath, correct? Correct. They're all under oath. What, where, do you, where do you see oversight going? What, what, can you give us, uh, not a roadmap, but just directionally, where, where are we going to head on this? Well, I know um, Comer is having Mayorkas come in in the next two weeks once we get back from our two-week recess. And when that happens, this is incredibly important because Mayorkas is ahead of DHS. And clearly under DHS, you had CISA. And they're basically the entity that was working with these social media companies, these fact-checking operations, um, these very left-wing nonprofits, as well as the Center for Internet Security to censor the American people on JIRA. And so this is going to be a huge deal. We're going to see what we can do in regards to getting some of that communication. But I want to remind people, too, if the National Archives went after President Trump because they're saying that he didn't properly store classified information, and yet you have an entire governmental agency that's privately talking on a server and definitely not storing any of the information. I mean, do you see the double standard that exists? And so right now what we're doing is not only working to expose this, but also to, we have to write legislation to ensure that this never happens again. And right now it's kind of the wild west with tech and social media. And so it's going to be members of this Congress moving forward that are going to have to pull out all these facts and then put together legislation that protects us in the future. Congressman, how can people follow you? That was a star turn yesterday, but it's the first I'm sure many we're going to see. But how do people get to know you better, follow you on social media, and get to your congressional office? You can follow my official accounts at, at Rep Luna. I'm at 1017 Longworth, so please stop in and say hi to us when we're in session. And I just ask you guys, obviously, I have a massive target on my back, so have my back. <laughs> we have your back. From the beginning, a great job yesterday. Made everybody very proud. Thank you, man, for coming on. Thanks, Bannon. Uh, I want to get to, I'm going to get to Dr. Malone here about Big Pharma, but quickly, Steve Cortez, you've argued for a long time about breaking up big tech. Yesterday's, right. yesterday's hearing, h- how did that set with you, sir? Huh. Well, no, it only emboldens the case, Steve. And listen, those hearings were absolutely necessary and very important to lay the foundation on the public record, right, of the crimes committed against the American people, against the Bill of Rights by these companies and by the actual collusion between our intelligence community 
and big tech, which, by the way, is the textbook definition of fascism, is when the government is working in concert with favored private interests to suppress the people. But here's the thing. We can't just stop at those revelations. It has to get to action. And I propose that one of the key actions has to be antitrust. We need to channel Teddy Roosevelt, one of the greatest Republicans in history, and we need to break up and or regulate big tech. And the U.S. House can start that process now. Now, no one, it won't happen with the Biden DOJ. But the point is, they can start the process now so that when we, when we do take the Senate, when we do elect an America first president, we have to aggressively go after big tech. It is an absolute threat. These oligarchs are a threat to the very foundation of our American republic, as revealed by those explosive hearings yesterday. Again, they were great, but we can't end there. We can't end there by, by just pounding the table and being mad, Steve. We need action. And in this case, I think the best action is antitrust. No, the thing that, that brought you to mind was the, the arrogance of they just sit there under oath and, and lie to people until they were presented with the actual I don't think I don't think these big tech executives, I don't think the guys in the weaponization understand between depositions and information that these whether it's judiciary, weaponization of government, oversight, the the uh one that uh MTG is gonna be on the COVID. We're gonna talk to Dr. Malone about this in a second. The information these people are coming with are a big part of it's a set of perjury traps, right? Mm-hmm. And they got to understand that, that the, 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 the ability just to lie anymore. And I think the arrogance shows you why you have to break these companies up. It just can't be Section 230. They have to be broken up. They right. have to broken up and then regulate. Okay, short commercial break. Steve, you can just hang with me for a few minutes. we got a 90-second break. Dr. Malone, a quite explosive substack analysis from Berenson and Dr. Malone's the only guy who can break it down for us. Dr. Robert Malone next in the war room. War room posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize That heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com.
WarRoomHealth.com. All one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WarRoomHealth, all one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.